And welcome back to a, another edition of a Yeah Guys podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and I'm joined with Tony Parker and Josh. Happy Valentine's Day uh, from the Yeah Guys to you. Uh, we will go over the Super Bowl, and then we have some uh, senior uh, bowl, kind of some players to look out for uh, for the second, third days of uh, the draft here. But uh, let's go back to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs win it 38-35. to 35. Parker, we'll, we'll start with you with your final thoughts on the Super Bowl. The Chiefs. Uh, taking this one and uh, winning the league for this year. Yeah, uh, I'm not too shocked. Um, I, I really thought that this team was was one of the best teams all year long. Um, they did prove it um, in this game. I just want to start off by saying uh, to all of the fans around the league and around the world that are complaining about the refs and saying that it wasn't a penalty and all this and this and, uh, and all that, I didn't. I just need you guys to shut up because that was a penalty and. He grabbed him. He admitted he grabbed him. It was. It sucked that it was that time in that place that it happened. But I mean, if you go back and you look at the replay, I believe that that back call gets gets made nine, eight or nine times out of ten um, in any other game in in the league. So uh, I don't know why people are so complaining about that. The uh, the Eagles fans they can just go cry uh, back at home. Steve, next year uh, maybe getting a, another ring, but not this year. We're supposed to be spreading love here, buddy. Going, going into uh, <laughs> going into halftime, I thought that uh, we might see uh, the backup having to come up for Kansas City because Mahomes got his his ankle twisted up again, and uh, I, I think I seen a meme online or something like that uh, saying that he was going to be taking uh, more drugs than uh, you know famous rappers uh, like Juice World, uh, maybe. Uh, more drugs than him in the uh, halftime show there uh, to get him be able to go back out of the field of play because uh, my man looked like uh, like nothing happened uh, when he came back out of the locker room. Uh, gave him the Aaron Rodgers special. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, he can get that repair. I think it was like a grade two high ankle sprain or something like that, which is pretty bad uh, for what I hear. But uh, this is a really good game. We've seen a, a lot of the young Chiefs players uh, come in and, and do good things. We've seen Juju make uh, you know good catches. Isaiah Pacheco, uh, when he was probably runner up for MVP in my opinion, and the guy was absolutely balling out. Uh, we've seen Sky Moore uh, make great uh, a great play, uh, a good touchdown catch. And Kadarius Tony honestly had one of the best uh, you know better games of his career in this game here. Uh, record punt return to set up a, another touchdown or to set up the game or whatever it was. Um, how were they scored? Um, and just a, a good, really good game. I thought it came out of the wire, came down to the, you know, the penalty, so to say, came out of the kick, uh, to win. So I thought it was a really entertaining Super Bowl. Uh, the, the shootout aspect was definitely, uh, really fun for me. So, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think with the officiating, I don't know that people are necessarily upset that that was called a penalty. I think it was more the fact that they weren't consistent with it. Like the the fact that for the most part, they've kind of swallowed the whistle a lot during the game. And then late in the game, when it feels like it's, you know, crunch time, that's when they decide to call it. Like I said, I don't think, I don't think they'd called the hold all game at that point. Um, and I definitely know there was another hold against or maybe even a, a pass interference that went uncalled. And so I feel like when the refs kind of set the tone of like, hey, we're letting you play, 
the players will naturally do as much as they can without getting called. And I guess it just so happened that that's they decided to call. Um, so I think it's more of a consistency issue than the fact that, because I mean, by the rule book, I think, I mean, even Bradbury himself said it, it was a penalty. So, uh, no sense in really arguing that one. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the game itself, um, like I said last week, like it felt like the Eagles were the better team, but Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid are just something special. Uh, I kept talking to my buddies during the game, and I just I noticed that the Eagles had what felt like two or three times the time of possession, and it's like, man, like it feels like the Eagles are dominating this game right now, and the Chiefs would be like seven points down. You know, it's still a one-possession game. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, again, that's a dollar testament to the Chiefs for – for being able to hang in there when they were losing the the time of possession battle is as strong as they are. And, uh, yeah, also along with the Mahomes injury, I had some buddies kind of joking, like, he's not going to remember the second half because he's, like, <laughs> if he went down, it's, like, it's very unfortunate, but he is Patrick Mahomes. Like, they're going to send him out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so did that surprise me if they drugged him up, uh, to play that second half, but uh, all the other thing I wanted to hit on really quickly was the field conditions. Uh, I think the conspiracy theorists say that that's the NFL striking back at the the players that want the grass fields by trying to show them, oh look, the grass fields aren't as nice as you guys wanted them to be, huh? But I don't know the fact that that was a field that was two years in the making. They had taken it out like rolled it out of the stadium to get sunlight every day all week and players were having to change cleat uh like at, at that point is it i don't think it would have been any better than the cardinals normal field condition right. uh and so i feel like uh it's unfortunate that something as simple as like field conditions were was an issue like slippery conditions at that in a dry warm phoenix arizona you know um and so i think that was a little frustrating it um and it i'm i know it impacted the game in some way obviously the eagles weren't able to generate the pass rush they wanted to i don't believe um but i mean both teams played in the same condition so you can't really argue that one either uh, but i don't know i forgot last thing back to officiating uh, uh i feel like Eagles fans might argue that that call late in the game really like sealed the deal. I think it's and I think it's possible that even if they don't call that, Chiefs make the field goal and then it's not a guarantee that the Eagles score. Although if they do, like if they forced overtime, that would have been really cool. But I honestly think you could also look back to the the overturned uh fumble recovery for a touchdown if if you want to sit there and nitpick officiating i think uh so i think i sent it to you guys the tiktok i thought it was interesting how the rule is if like you're going out of bounds you have to have two feet and you can just fall over as soon as you get two feet in bounds but if you're in bounds and you want to go upfield like uh the running back was trying to do then all of a sudden now you have to make a football move 
you, like, but if you catch it with two feet going out of bounds, you don't have to make a football move. Uh, and so I think you could possibly argue that, you know, they gave the... Because if that ball was on the sideline, that would have been a fumble, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I was kind of thinking more like the Zach Goddard, I believe, play, or like that, that catch he had yeah. going out of bounds, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, I do think he made a catch like that and then went out of bounds. One, two, man. He held it up against his helmet. Right. And so uh, I feel like you could also, like, I, I just feel like there's an argument to be made that the refs took points away from the Chiefs. And if that would have held as a Kansas City touchdown, then, like, that entire last drop could have been. The point is, you can what if yourself to death. And so, I mean, it is what it is. It is one. Well, I get where you're going from. Just like a Christian C type. Right. Well, what do you classify a football I mean, move? Because the guy, what is he going to do? Catch it and fall out immediately? Like, I don't think that's what he was going to do, you know? Right. Uh, and I feel like in real time it looked like a fumble, but I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, all things considered, it was still a great game. Uh, we got a, a tight shootout. I feel like as a neutral fan, when the game is a one-score game in the fourth quarter, like that's pretty much a best-case scenario. So the game itself, all things considered, I think was still a, a really good game. I enjoyed it. Tony, what you got? Uh, all right. Yeah, great game and get uh, like you guys were saying. Also, just want to say with all since we're all kind of start with the penalty thing, uh, Harrison Butker still had to go out there and make a 25-yard field goal, probably to him that. Post felt so wide, you know, him coming off of a missed field goal or uh, extra point. Was it a field goal or an extra point? I forgot. I think a field goal. The field, right? Yeah. Yeah, that he missed. So definitely had a, probably a lot of few things going on in his head, still made the kick. Um, got to scare girl Rihanna. That was pretty awesome. That's after all back hits. That was great. Um, I heard it was, was 113 million viewers which was the highest it's been in uh six years so that was really good to hear as well um yet the with the whole field um that was kind of crazy and the nfl even paid almost a million dollars for this field and they still couldn't get it right so i don't really understand why they kept complaining you about this for it. dude this bit was exactly. a, a, yes. a two years year. so this was almost going back to like covid um or pandemic era but uh yeah, great game. Um, I thought the Eagles kind of going off of what Josh said with the time of possession, it seemed like they really were kind of the matchup that I was talking about um, in our prediction, seeing that Eagles offense versus that Chiefs defense. And they actually were for a majority, if not the whole first half, were able to sustain long drives. They had a couple of drives of at least six or seven minutes. Um, one of them did only result in a field goal. So I think that's another real missed opportunity that they had in the game. Um, and then uh, when it came down to it, Patrick Mahomes, that uh, that incredible run he had with his foot, um, that was definitely a, adrenaline taken over there because he was booking it as fast as he could. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just great kick, um, great Super Bowl. It was really cool to see the the Kelsey brothers there post-game and see their mom kind of embrace. That was kind of that. I, I won't uh, repeat it, but that good quote that Jason Kelsey had to his brother, um, so yeah, I was thoroughly enjoyed by it. Um, I would definitely watch it over again if I could. And uh, kind of like you guys probably can't really uh, can't wait to 
back to the next NFL season, I guess, or start talking about that. So how were you wrong? You got any thoughts on the game? Yeah, and what's interesting is both teams, they, they played in Arizona um, this year. The Chiefs, I think, week one and the Eagles sometime, yeah, in the middle of the season. So I think they both had um, exposure to their the, the bad turf. And I just, I heard on the broadcast that the Eagles, they had a change. They, they changed their cleats in the second half because they were slipping so much in the first half. But I heard that the Chiefs were ready. They were already prepared with the turf. And they had, they weren't slipping as much as the Eagles. So... I think that may have been a mishap on the Eagles' part for not being prepared, but that's a very small detail of things, obviously. But um, looking at the game itself, I thought the Eagles, they they started the game well. They were kind of sticking to their script of running the football, timely conversions on third down, Devontae Smith, uh, A.J. Brown conversions on the outside, um, and then Jalen Hurts with his running ability in the red zone as well. I think he had, what, like three rushing touchdowns? Um, throughout the game and then one passing touchdown in the air 304 yards for Jalen Hurts he had a masterful game um, if if the end of the game kind of went differently he would have had a chance to to at least tie the game or maybe or maybe take the lead but um, I, I would say there were some uncharacteristic things from the Eagles in the second half you, you saw the penalties uh, that kind of pushed them back a little bit that you saw Jalen Hurts also uh, whether it was in the first half, I think it was first half, where he fumbled the ball. Yeah, you haven't seen that too much. You, you don't see the Eagles making too many mistakes, but um, when they felt the pressure, they they kind of folded a little bit in the fourth quarter. They weren't able to get a sustained drive. They punted the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, who was already uh, gaining momentum from all the successful drives he got in the second half, and then he was able to put the game away. Um, and that just goes to show, man, if you look at both teams, both teams have these mobile quarterbacks that just do it differently on the ground. And, I think that's where the NFL is headed. Um, you need a guy to escape the pocket, get first downs when the pocket isn't clean enough. Um, and it kind of showed in the biggest game um, of the year. Uh, Pat, what was that for a group? I said, that just sounds like a guy that's real familiar. I think he something like Just. They right. talked about Mormon Mahomes, right? Uh, Zach Wilson? Is that who we're talking yeah. about? Yeah, Zachy. Yeah, we're talking about my uh, my quarterback, Kirk Cousins. He's really good at getting out of the pocket. But um, all jokes aside, I mean, just looking at these games, I mean, the quarterback play was just absolutely phenomenal. You need a guy that can throw it down the field, but also a guy that can escape the pocket, extend plays, and kind of take the the pressure off their offensive line. Patrick Mahomes did that on a bum bum ankle, and he got what twenty seven yards on that last drive while he this guy was writhing in pain in the first half. Like it, it was just incredible to see. Patrick Mahomes deserves a Super Bowl MVP. It was a great game, 38-35. Uh, the Eagles will be going home kind of a little disappointed, obviously, but uh, that's that's going to close the book uh, on this year, 2022-2023 uh, season. Um, and I guess, Parker, we can kind of open it up uh, to some news here. Uh, there are some vacancies filled as of today. If you want to start things There's off there. Things can fell right now. Um so just a few hours ago, the Raiders announced that they had released Derek Carr after nine seasons uh, after failing to find a uh, trade partner for him, which was kind of expected uh, given the news uh, coming out uh, the previous weeks. Uh, we have the Cardinals hiring defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as their next head coach. She is the Philadelphia defensive coordinator. Uh, so we kind of expected that. Um, uh we heard some some news of that uh, coming as well. Uh, the Colts, uh, they also uh, are poaching off of the Eagles. Um, 
and they're going to take their offensive coordinator. I believe his name is um, Sean Steichen. Sean Steichen. He's 37 years old. So there's some some young guys uh, given uh, getting some opportunities to be uh, head coach. Um, and then we're going to have a college to the NFL uh, route. Uh, the Ravens hire George George's Monken as their offensive coordinator after winning uh, back-to-back uh, national championships for Georgia uh, down there. Um, Andy Reid was rumored to retire earlier, uh, but he is going to stay uh, with the Chiefs uh, for their foreseeable future. Um, Jeff Saturday, <laughs> obviously not in contention to be uh, the head coach anymore, uh, let go or whatever you just say. Um, the Panthers... Uh, they add former Colts and Lions coach Caldwell as an assistant. Uh, he brings uh, years of head coaching um, experience with him to uh, Frank Reich's team in Carolina. Uh, and that's uh, that's pretty much most of the news that uh, you know ca- uh, came out. Not too many big injury things. Uh, the I guess this is just to to finish off the Derek uh, Carr news. There's Saints. Titans, Jets, and Panthers are going to pursue or are going to pursue him uh, when he is uh, a free agent. So um, that's pretty much it. But um, we've got some vacancies filled up and some some our first big name cut of the off season so far. So um, a a free agent uh, quarterback class that wasn't too strong. Uh, you know now looking. Uh, you know, with with Derek uh, Derek Carr, there he's going to uh, have some suitors. So I don't know if you guys have any other news that that you guys heard, but um, for me, I I think uh, Eric Bieniemy has some interest with Washington as an offensive coordinator there. Um, well, we'll see how that goes, but I think they're very interested uh, Bieniemy. Um, and I think that that should be it. Delvin Cook for the Vikings also uh, underwent some soldier shoulder surgery. Uh, he should be back by. Uh, training camp and all that so uh he should be good to go and i think i think that's really it you kind of hit them all parker um and with that being said i'll go over the the postseason results uh parker oh. you uh were last with four um <laughs> me i was i was five and uh josh and tony again tying it up with six um so we're kind of hitting the the postseason with a, a tie for the, yeah, the two fifty not the super bowl huh who got the super i i won huh? I got the Super Bowl wrong. I was the only one. You guys got it all right. Well, thank you. Well, that. uh, that's that's funny that me and Tony were tied the lead with the playoffs, though, because if I'm not mistaken, Tom and Parker were the top two for the regular season. So that's kind of funny that we Ooh, we upset them. Nice job, Johns. <laughs> oh, champions! Just like some fantasy leagues that I've seen. Um, oh, yeah, Angles and. Uh, True on Bill's situation. Um, so, okay. Well, we can cl- close the book on the NFL. The next time we talk about the NFL, it's going to be draft related. It's going to be, um, I guess, maybe combine related. But uh, we'll hop over to the college football side of things, Tony. Um, I'll let you kick it away with any college football news, and then we'll get into the senior bowl. Definitely. So, first, uh, out of Miami, um, Mario Cristobal has uh, finished off his coordinator hires. He's going to be hiring uh, Shannon Dawson from the University of Houston. Uh, he's in the past worked with uh, Dana Holgerson at West Virginia as well. So Miami trying to switch things up a little bit, get a little bit more offensive there down in South Beach. 
Uh, I guess just to touch on it, again, Todd Munkin uh, leaving Georgia to go to the NFL with Baltimore. Um, Utah's offensive coordinator, Andy Lutwig, uh, there's been a little bit of speculation about him possibly going to Notre Dame, but he announced that he's going to be staying in Utah, so Utes are happy about that. Uh, Some big news coming out of the Big 12. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma uh, agreed to pay the Big 12 $100 $100 million uh, total uh, to leave uh, the Big 12 one year early. So they will be actually starting uh, in 20... Uh, they'll be starting in the SEC in 2024. So this upcoming season uh, will be their last season in the Big 12. So definitely uh, going to look really different uh, this time of the year next year. But um, that's that. Uh, also, Akron... Coming off a rough season, uh, two and ten, yikes! But uh, they've extended their head coach Joe Moorhead through the year 2027. Um, he's worked with Oregon uh, the past two years, and then before that, he was the head coach at Mississippi State. So they got a lot of returning um, players. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully, Akron can improve that a little bit. Uh, and that's really all the news I got for college. Perfect. Yeah, sounds good, Tony. Um, so me and you, um, we kind of got some players from the Senior Bowl uh, this year that kind of sparked some interest. I'll start with uh, some day one guys. Um, we'll start with Nathaniel Bell, the wide receiver out at Houston. Um, he's kind of small in stature, but uh, he has some explosiveness to him, and he also has catch and traffic that he showed um, during some of those little uh, Senior Bowl drills. Um, and then Tyreek Stevenson, the cornerback out of Miami, He's getting some interest uh, these days. He's very long, and he's not too grabby. Um, he's the quarterback out of Miami. And, you know, there's some comparisons with, um, I would say, Tyreek Woolen and also Sauce Gardner, those types of long, lengthy quarterbacks. So you kind of see those types of cornerbacks kind of getting caught in coverage. But I think Stevenson is kind of showing how he can maybe compete with some of these top guys like Sauce Gardner and Tyreek Woolen because he can keep up with these. Uh, speedy wide receivers he's not too grabby he's a he's a competitor and he actually showed out uh, day one for the senior bowl for me and um, he's not going to be a guy that you're going to see day one but uh, he's definitely going to provide some value day two and day three um, there so that's definitely going to be a great prospect if your if your team ends up drafting him Um, and then Osiris Torrance a guy that you could maybe see in the first round the offensive lineman out of Florida he's a great run blocker Uh, his pass blocking could use some improvement but um, he did allow zero sacks throughout the season, so that's definitely a, a plus. This guy has a ton of strength inside. Um, I think you're going to want to maybe play him inside rather than as a tackle, but uh, he was definitely showing out Osiris Torrance uh, out of Florida, so that's definitely going to be a name where you can uh, look out for and date choose probably of the draft, but I will not be surprised if you maybe see him towards the end of day one uh, in the first round because there is some kind of there's some crazy crazy depth with offensive linemen this year which is kind of exciting but um moving on we have Andrew Iasivas the wide receiver out of Princeton uh he's big he can make contested catches he's 6'3 200 pounds and there was kind of a consistency with wide receivers in the senior bowl they're not going to be the 1A type of speedsters or the guys that can just jump over everybody to catch balls they're going to be kind of like the Michael Pittman the guy you see on Indianapolis just getting getting to the open spots, making some good catches, and um, helping his team move the chains. Um, I like Michael Pittman a lot, and I can see a lot of Pittman in some of these guys uh, from the Senior Bowl. We talked about uh, Nathaniel Bell earlier, and now uh, Andrew Iasivas. He just he has a, a big frame, and he's been using it pretty well 
um, that I, I thought he kind of stood out. And this, this list I'm going over is also a, a list that PFF came out with as well. So I just wanted to go over some of their players. Um, moving on, we have Darnell Wright, another great offensive lineman prospect out of Tennessee. Another guy with great initial power inside. Um, he is a potential guard, but um, right now he is playing tackle, I believe. So um, I, I'm not sure what teams are going to want to do with him. But with his strong um, leverage inside, I would definitely um, recommend playing the guy at guard because he does have that power. Um, and moving on, we do have uh, one of my favorite athletes of the draft, at least in the second and third days of the draft. I would say Sidney Brown, the safety out of Illinois. Um, this guy is, he's a muscly man he's an athletic freak. Um, and he's a, a really a top, uh, he's a top safety prospect that you can maybe look out for on day two, uh, or day three. He's not going to be, um, the first round guy that you're going to see, um, day one, but he is going to provide some value. Um, if you find the right team for him, he is athletic. He can run around. I just watched some tape on the guy. He, he moved from left to right really quick. Um, and he just has all the tools to be a good safety. He just needs to be in the right system. Um, for example, if Baltimore were to get him, probably not, but just a team that is good at developing safeties like the Ravens would be really be able to use um, his strengths um, of moving quickly and being very, very physical at the point of attack. But uh, City Brown is also going to be there day two, day three, where you can uh, get some good value there. Uh, Dewan Jones, Tony, the offensive lineman out of OSU, he's, he's a big guy. He's a great run blocker. Uh, he showed out um, in the senior bowl in some of those one-on-one -on -one drills as a really, really good pass blocker. This guy is kind of like, a, um, Parker, if you can remind me of the of the free agent that was projected to go to the Bears, number 67 on the Chiefs, the big, big lengthy offensive tackle. Orlando yeah, Orlando Brown. Yeah, I'm seeing some comparisons with Dewan Jones. I could see Dewan Jones potentially going in the first round too. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Yeah, he, he's massive, and I—that's the reason why maybe some teams take a chance on him in the first round. But uh, in the Senior Bowl, I mean, he—he kind of just blew you away. He once you get his grasp, he's not going to let you go. Um, he might be a little bit slow to for some of these edge rushers that have quickness around, but um, I would say he has the tools to really really uh, develop him into a uh, next premier tackle in the league. So he's going to be definitely up there as a prospect. Uh, Michael Wilson, another one of these, you know, um, potentially good wide receivers, the wide receiver out of Stanford. He has NFL caliber route running and catching. Uh, I don't have too much on him, but um, kind of just the same as out of the uh, same of the other wide receivers that I've talked about so far. Just kind of middle of the pack. He could provide some good value uh, in day two, day three of the draft. Uh, and then Carl Brooks, the edge rusher out of Bowling Green. He had the highest rating um, of a defensive lineman in college football last season. Throughout the whole league, he had the highest defensive lineman grade. Um, and it could come with kind of a weaker schedule because he is in Bowling Green, but um, he's, a, he's an interesting prospect. He can play inside with power and outside with technique. He's kind of a, a, a Kenny Clark type of guy. And when uh, I saw PFF compare him to Kenny Clark, I got flashbacks of watching my... Uh, setters would go go up against Kenny Clark, and it was not pretty. He has a very quick, powerful first move, and then he can get to the quarterback very quickly. Um, and you can see in the real NFL right now, um, Chris Jones, Fletcher Cox, if they impact the game, they can basically shut so many things down that a quarterback wants to do because once you have that interior pressure, things can start to break down really quickly. Um, and Carl Brooks, I think he... He did play some edge um, in Bowling Green, but I think it's best to use him inside just with his um, high power and his technique. He can definitely get to the quarterback and provide 
uh, some pressure down the middle. Uh, and then ending off things, we have Cody Mock. You guys have probably seen him a little bit, some clips of him from NDSU. He has that long hair, uh, green jersey. He was a former tight end. Uh, and he was handling people uh, on these one-on-one -on -one drills that we saw at the Senior Bowl. And I'm looking right now, and he's a 45th-ranked prospect. So that's probably going to take him to uh, this uh, day two or day three of the draft. So um, another pretty solid offensive lineman uh, prospect that you have here. But, um, Tony, that was it for me for day one. A lot of names on my list. Uh, you can take it away with uh, day two. All right, so some day two uh, practice, kind of senior bowl standouts. First of all, we got uh, Tank Dell, uh, wide receiver out of Houston. A lot of people praised his athleticism, really standing out on that second day. Um, his quickness is, and his strength and the greatness him of but um, I think he's got to work a little bit on his uh, route running just a tad. But they said he was he did a really good job with his one on ones. And uh, right now he's a, a day two lock for the upcoming draft. Uh, next we have Will McDonald, the Ford, uh, who's an edge rusher out of Iowa State uh, at six foot three, 245. He's a light edge rusher um, whose strength is still speed. Um, he he went up against uh, Aram mentioned him earlier, uh, Tennessee's Darnell Wright, and uh, actually beat him multiple times. Um, he ha uses his technique where he likes focusing on the outside shoulder. And then uh, he sets it up to go inside, so kind of like a crossover to get on the inside of the uh, uh, the, the alignment. And uh, he did that a couple times on Darnell, and was able to get to the quarterback. Uh, the next uh, guy is uh, Tyje Spears, the running back out of Tulane. Um, they said his one cut ability is highly praised, and uh, had was leaving defenders in the dust. If you remember his last game. Uh, was against USC in the Cotton Bowl where he ran for over 205 yards and uh, four touchdowns on the ground. So definitely another guy that could go day two with his cutting ability as well as uh, just his overall ability as a running back. Uh, next one would be Michael Wilson, wide receiver out of Stanford. They, sell, they said uh, excelled at gaining separation with his speed at release. Uh, his route running was premium and his ability to cut and uh, it also gains speed, makes him uh, a definite day two standout, and uh, he could definitely find himself maybe day two of the NFL draft as well. Um, and just a couple quick notes on a few other guys. Um, John Michael Schmitz, uh, center out of Minnesota. Um, they definitely said he continues to impress with his physicality and pride in one-on-ones, as well as he's a great blocker out in space, so definitely a guy you could have maybe kick out on some screenplay or whatnot. Um, so he'll be uh, an, an interesting guy. Um, Kydron Smith, um, a cornerback out of Kentucky, six foot one uh, and a 76 inch wingspan. He looked comfortable being physical, but not too physical with wide receivers. So definitely kind of keeping guys honest physically, but still having that wingspan to kind of, you know, stay with guys. So definitely an, an impressive guy. Uh, I'm going to try my best with this one. Adetamawa Adabawere, uh, defensive lineman out of Northwestern. Um, standing out at both days, definitely this guy could be a sleeper, I think. Six foot one, 82 inch wingspan allows him to get low at the snap, but also create separation and leverage with his arm strength. But definitely a uh, kind of a one two punch, if you will, because a unique. Uh, 
abilities there. Uh, next is uh, Jaden Reed, wide receiver out of Michigan State. Speed has been a problem for opposing defensive backs all week. Quick, uh, quickness off release has been uh, instant success for him. And uh, long speed ability allows him to be a, a much vertical threat. So like just a go route or whatever, if you need him to go deep, he's definitely has that ability to keep that long speed going, um, not just kind of like a quick burst. Uh, Ivan Pace Jr., linebacker out of Cincinnati. Pretty much when uh, coaches said told him to pass rush, he was unblockable. Uh, and he also had a 92.7 pass rush uh, grade this past season, which was top for all off-ball linebackers, so definitely another guy to keep an eye on. i uh, got two more left here. Uh, Darius Rush, cornerback out of South Carolina, uh, had a handful of great reps, also had an interception on day one, and has, without question, forced the most incompletions of anyone when it comes to coverage. Um, and then lastly, uh, Jamie Robinson. Receivers especially, and he's been talked about as definitely a winner of this uh, kind of like this week of the, the Senior Bowl. So definitely those are my kind of 11 guys, if you will, to, to keep an eye out on. I know it's a long list and kind of hard to remember who's who, but those are my guys. That's what I saw. Oh, Tony, that's that's perfect. Um, kind of there's a trend here for the Senior Bowl. There's a ton of, a ton, a ton of depth I'm seeing, especially in the offensive line and in the trends in general, maybe a little bit weaker with the wide receiver quarterback um drafts maybe in the set day two day three you might not find that premier guy from the outside but you could find a guy very useful uh in the trenches um when it comes to the day two day three uh time of the draft so um we gave you some guys on on our list here that you can maybe look out for but uh that's kind of just a little initial taste of what's to come here uh in the off season for the yeah guys here um, we're going to be getting into our draft plan. I have my draft board. I still need to create uh, all the players um, for the draft board, but then I will be off and running, talking draft and the talking uh, free agency, all that kind of stuff. So, um, Barker, we can start with you. Any any final thoughts here? Um, just excited to get on into the uh, the free agency and see what my team does. The uh, whole draft just in a few months away here. So. Uh, Birthday coming up also. Just want to show right. my info there. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's it. How about you, Josh? All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, looking forward to the off season. I'm pretty sure the Dolphins are uh, the reigning off season champions. Uh, never lost in the off season. Uh, so uh, there we go. Um, <laughs> All the other thing I wanted to hit on was I wanted to shout out Dolphins legend Zach Thomas for finally making it into the Hall of Fame. Um, I feel like fans kind of thought he got snubbed the past year or two, so a uh, shout out to him for finally making it. Uh, but that's only the third player, defensive player, in Dolphins history to make it to the Hall of Fame. Uh, so uh, when I say screw the Hall of Fame, Devin Hester should be in. <laughs> I knew that was going to work. That's all I got, though. Tony? Uh, kind of just like you guys, I'm excited to see what uh, what the Buccaneers kind of do with um, offseason here. We all, we all know that now that Tom Brady's retired, we'll see what kind of moves they like to make. Uh, I guess since we're on that uh, topic, uh, congratulations to Rondé Barber for making the NFL uh, Hall of Fame, I guess. Uh, 
great athlete, definitely uh, special there. Um, but yeah, just excited to just see that. Uh, so yeah, uh, how, how about your own? Parker, we can uh, we can cry together because Jared Allen didn't make it either, buddy. It's all right. Maybe next year. <laughs> next city. But 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 Jared Allen's not the best ever at his position. Ooh, that's true, man. I, I don't know how it goes. I don't know how they think about the Hall of Fame. I really don't. I don't know how much emphasis they put on position and how much emphasis they put on like talent of the player and how much they showed. I don't know, but um, right. even next year, Barker. There's always next year, but. Um, yeah, we have the, the draft, um, I would say getting a little bit uh, closer. Um, and then we have the first, we have the combine then we have the draft obviously, but, um, Barker, there is some spark from the Colts already about the first pick. Uh, we have Jim Mercy talking, I don't know what he's blabbering about, but he's, he's, he's just like anything at this point. He's talking about how he loves Bryce Younger. He's not half bad. He as he said, <laughs> <laughs> he's not half bad. I don't know what Give us another man. Give us it all. Right? Foles has got to be, he's got to have Jim Irsay as his favorites. You've got to catch him on the wrong night and he will give you whatever you want to Jim Irsay. Um, We're about to give back. We're about to give back like, like this year, like fourth, next year's first, this year's second, and like next year's second or something. They're about to like give us the bag for that, dude. Crazy. You definitely see it. I'm seeing right now Bryce Young is here and uh, CJ Stroud is here. I, I mean, I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I definitely see Bryce Young taking that. Everything I've seen, yeah, pretty much backs that up, which completely irrelevant to the topic of discussion. But I, I, a lot of the sites that I've studied have, uh, uh, I think, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and then Will Levis from Kentucky. Uh, I think that's doing got interesting thing. I feel like most of my friends that are Gamecock fans all think Will Levis is like not good at all. Like they have no clue how he's at the third or right. quarterback height, especially like behind Hendon Hooker. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there's some other names, but even Anthony Richardson, I guess, like uh, just because of where his ceiling is. But I don't know. We'll have plenty of time to talk about all that stuff. <laughs> Definitely. Right, and uh, Anthony Richardson somehow is in the same conversation um, of being a top fifteen pick. So uh, we'll see how that <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll see how that unfolds. But uh, that's going to do it uh, from us to you on uh, a Valentine's night. We'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.